0: Hello, I'm Alex Zane, film journalist, movie fan, and your host for a trip to the movies. I'm currently in our podcast studio a mile beneath the streets of London, and in a moment my guest this week, the wonderful Katie O'Brien, will be taking us on her perfect night out at the cinema. Thank you for downloading the podcast. This episode is brought to you by Odeon. From as little as £2.50, your little one's imaginations can run wild this summer. Because every day during the school holidays, Odeon will be showing the most magical, magical fairy tales and animated films ever made so the whole family can enjoy that cinematic feeling of sinking into the softest seats and being mesmerized by massive screens for less. To immerse your family in an unforgettable adventure from £2.50, look out for Odeon Kids tickets on their website or app. You see, they make movies and the school holidays better. And if you'd like a pair of free tickets to head to your nearest Odeon, stick around after the interview and I'll tell you how you can get a pair and announce this week's winner. Also, if you would like to watch today's interview in Glorious Technicolor, head over to our YouTube channel. And please, while you're there, do subscribe and help us grow the podcast into a giant temple of film. For all the latest updates and to get in touch with us, you'll find us at Trip to Movies Pod. That's at TripToMoviesPod on all social media. Right then, time to to introduce today's guest who I interviewed just last week on Zoom, so let's do this. Hello and welcome to A Trip To The Movies, where each week a special guest takes us on their perfect trip to the cinema. This week we are joined by a brilliant actress who has appeared in some of the most iconic shows and titles of the last few years. From Walking Dead to Westworld, from DC's Black Lightning to Marvel's Ant-Man and the Wats Quantumania. She's also starred as a Lyra Kane as part of the Star Wars universe in season three of The Mandalorian. And has an upcoming movie, Love Lies Beneath, due out later this year alongside Kristen Stewart. Here to tell us about all that and take us on her perfect night out of the movies. It's the brilliant Katie O'Brien. Katie, hello
1: hey how are you it's um it is love lies bleeding with kristen Stewart.
0: love lies bleeding what did i say i thought i'd written it down right what did i call it but did i embarrass myself
1: that's <laughs> no, you said love lies beneath which i feel like is um it, it, it's like a hybrid yeah, of harrison that
0: harrison ford michelle pfeiffer weird movie yeah okay <laughs> love lies bleeding hey um how are you though thank you for being on the show
1: I am great, happy to be here. I'm uh, currently, um, I don't want to say trapped in Oklahoma, but I am uh, (laughs) filming a movie. So uh, yeah, but life is good.
0: I mean, in terms of cool shows and movies to be part of, I mean, that's probably one of the most incredible list of credits that I've ever read as an introduction. I mean, the universes of Marvel, DC and Star Wars. I mean, things seem to be going well. How's life?
1: It's great. It feels so weird because yeah, I I feel like um, you know, I, I grew up I loved superheroes, loved comic books, loved mythology and to be in that world is really interesting. And now I'm almost wondering am I am I stuck here? You know, like it, will anybody ever uh <laughs> trust me to to break out of that and and go somewhere else, but I mean, I, I certainly can't complain. It's um, it, it's it's been great. The fan base has been great. Uh, you know, the projects are always fun. It's always an adventure.
0: I mean, it, it, it's amazing. And I think I, I think uh, and allow me to correct my mistake earlier. Love lies bleeding. I mean, that's certainly a very different uh, uh, prospect. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a moment. Um, how's life changed after season three of the Mandalorian? Obviously, it is a huge and fantastic show. Are you being recognized a lot more when you leave the
1: house? I am. It's really weird. I <laughs> And I, I didn't expect it. I don't know why. I guess just because uh, I just, you know, I'm just me and whatever. Um, and I also, I think, struggle to, like, recognize people. I'm like, is that that person? And then I feel too embarrassed to go ask. But, um, yeah, it's been really strange. Like, even just walking around Oklahoma, I've been stopped several times. and um, And... I don't expect that from Ant Man because I look so different, and I don't expect it from Love Lies Bleeding because I look so different. So, I think it's just because it's how I walk around in the street every day.
0: I, I, I you're fine adjusting to what I, I guess it's a it's a new level of of fame, and it's cool. You're not like man, I'm literally just taking the dog for a walk.
1: <laughs> yeah, no, it's super chill so far. There was there was one instance where I was out in um, in Maryland of all places. We were staying at a hotel for a wedding, and there were a lot of other people there for various events, whatever. And uh, They were all, we were out late. Everyone was a little intoxicated. And that's where it started to get a little weird because they just, the personal space bubbles were torn down, and and I was just trying to get to my room, and suddenly there's all these people that are just not letting me do it. So that was the first time it's ever happened, and it it, it was very strange. Um, It was good, uh, I guess, (laughs) breaking into it, (laughs) I guess.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I guess you need one experience like that. So it doesn't always, you know, like everything's fine because sometimes I guess it can be quite scary. I mean, crowds like en masse and when everyone in that crowd is focused on you can just be quite a daunting emotional experience regardless of why it's
1: happening. Yeah, I'm such an introvert too. So I'm just like, uh, it's a weird thing because I'm from the Midwest. So we love to talk about anything and everything. Um, And I'll talk to a total stranger for, you know, hours. But then it is also this thing of like, I... I'm great one on one, maybe two on one, and then it's like I have to I have to go somewhere.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean it's a great show to be recognized for it, it, yeah. it's such an incredible journey i'm just going to try and correct me if i get any of this wrong but this is as i see your journey on the mandalorian so you initially didn't know what you're auditioning for you became a character called imperial comms officer you think they've killed you off then you return as a liar Cade, in caesar three and then you almost have what is a standalone episode that's uh an incredible journey. How's it been for you?
1: It just doesn't feel real. It's it's like almost like I'm, is, is someone pranking me or, or something? <laughs> but because yeah, I really did. I genuinely thought I was dead. I thought I even remember going into the audition room and say, you know, they asked me to, to read it twice. And I was like, well, I'm, you know, it's kind of a small part. And they're like, just do it again. There are no small parts. And they like really honed into that. And I was like, all right, fine. So do you know read the two lines that I had a second time and and then it is on top of that it's so funny because they're so secretive so you'd get the the lines the night before you yeah they didn't tell me what I was going to be or what I'm going to be doing so I I was shocked to find out that I was coming back um even more so to find out that it was yeah pretty much a standalone episode I thought that was absolutely insane and I was also just kind of baffled that they had that faith in me having seen so little of my work um but I just, I really love that about, um, I mean, it, first at uh, Sarah Finn's office, the casting director, I, I, they really do see something in people and they really do, uh, encourage their work. Um, cause I think, you know, I, I got Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. through her. I got Mandalorian through her. And then I got, uh, Ant-Man as well. So, um, there's that. But then, uh, John and Dave are really great at bringing people who might be kind of fresh to the industry and, and taking a risk and building them. Uh, helping build their resume, build their confidence, build their career. So, I I feel like I owe a lot to them, and and at the same time, I'm just kind of still like I, I feel still just kind of lost. Like, am I in season four? I have no idea. <laughs> uh,
0: I, you weren't a Star Wars fan though before you you got the part, were you? I I think uh, I remember reading you talking about how your brother was a Star Wars fan, but you not so much.
1: Yeah, I didn't get it. it it's it's weird. Usually, when something went into space, I was out. I'm like, just count me out of this. Um, and yeah, once I found out I was coming back, I was like, okay, I guess I should catch up. Like season two, I was asking Dave Filoni if my, um, my little cylinders, my key cylinders were mini lightsabers. And he's like, like <laughs> if, if someone could literally facepalm as, as a facial expression, that was it. Um, I, I had no idea where I was or what was going on. Uh, so I was like, okay, I really, I probably should at least figure out the timeline, what's happened before, who the people are, the, the planets, the major players. And a lot of that has honestly helped in memorizing my dialogue because otherwise I think I'd be really lost. So,
0: did you do it, is it? Did you do it in one sitting? I mean, like, I, there's, so there's nine films. Was it a marathon, or did you space it mm-hmm. out? What order did you do them in as well? Because uh, did you do them in the order of release or chronologically in the Star Wars timeline? There's so many variables to consider.
1: I know, I know. I did them chronologically uh, in in the timeline. So, so the, episode one first. Yeah, episode one first, um, and then I did like once I finally got to. Uh, four, five, and six. I was like, okay, these are awesome. I get it. Like this I, I get it now. Call my brother up, you know, it's okay. You were right. <laughs> um and then I saw the first one with Ray, and then I was like, well this kind of reminds me of um, you know, Return of the Jedi and stuff. So I was like there's a lot of like very overlap uh to the original mm. um the original ones. And then I didn't see the last two. Uh I will eventually, but I decided to go to Clone Wars instead. Um, okay. So I'm trying to, yeah, I'm trying to catch up on, on Clone Wars. So I think I'm in season two or three of that. And then I think there's another step chronologically that I have to hit before I get to Mandalorian.
0: So a uh, big question, the kind of, squ- uh, the kind of question that, uh, that, that haunts the dreams of of, of Star Wars fans. <laughs> what is your favorite of the movies you've seen? So we're saying no to The Last Jedi and The Rise of Skywalker because you haven't seen them yet. Of the ones you've seen, which is your favorite?
1: I think I like I like Return of the Jedi so far. I, I just think that that's um, it's it is. I know that the, you know one of them is called A New Hope, but it really is kind of like that's where I kind of start to feel like a little bit of more hope actually happening. Um, and uh, I guess I, I do love that it winds up not being permanent because that does kind of feel
0: like very real you know yeah uh well you're, you're speaking to a, a a a partisan crowd here because return of the jedi is my favorite i know empire is sort of widely regarded as the one but jedi just feels like empire feels like feels like filler it's like there isn't a proper end yeah, <laughs> jedi is the proper end to empire
1: i feel like a lot of that you know like uh yeah i agree yeah
0: <laughs> yeah okay good well good i'm glad we're on the same page about that and um, do you want to hear and i'm again correct me if i'm wrong but we have a weird similarity in that we both uh were sort of considering careers in medicine before our mothers went, "Listen, if you want to do comedy, do comedy. is that that's my story? Is that your story as well?
1: yeah, yeah i I actually was i had i switched my majors so many times in college, um, but there were two that stuck and, and I stayed with, and then i I thought, man, you know I'm, I'm studying psychology." But I really want to be able to help someone the full spectrum, you know, just not just in counseling, but if they needed additional support medically, something like that, I could do psychiatry. I even kind of thought about, uh, you know, neuroscience and neurology. And I, so I added, uh, a, a, a neuroscience route to my degree mm. and I was so close, but I would have needed an extra two semesters and basically a full year of physics classes. And I, I just physics doesn't work with my brain and maybe the right teacher could have helped me out, but it didn't. So I needed to take a break and I had already had a degree in law enforcement and not a degree, but my certification. And um, so I was like, you know, I'll, I'll go work in a city for a few years, really kind of hone down on what I, I want to do. Um, and then if, if it's something where I'm like, I can't think of anything else other than finishing this degree and, and going to med school, then that's what I'll do. Um, and I found out a lot of things along the way that, Kind of me make my
0: decision. <laughs> it's 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 interesting because I mean you you mentioned it uh, there. I mean obviously you, you worked as a police officer uh, uh, for for some time in in Carmel. Um, a, a lot of the acting schools, I know I certainly know this about London, but they they do like their students to have gone out and gained some experience of the world before they then come back and pursue a career in acting because you know it helps you understand the many characters you will have to play. Has it helped you? Do you feel like it was the right time? when you left your career in law enforcement and decided to move to L.A.? Was was yeah. that time actually working in, in inverted commas, the real world, valuable?
1: It, I I could not agree more. Uh, whoever those acting teachers are, I think that, that that's so true. And for a lot of reasons, even on the business side, I mean, had I not done law enforcement, I feel like I would have been a really naive, uh, you know, Indiana girl going out into Hollywood. And, and I wouldn't even consider the fact that people would be lying to me. Um, or would try, be, be trying to take advantage of me, things like that. Um, and, and so I think that having that real world hands on experience did help. But then also, I mean, we're talking about a job where, uh, listening, it, like your, your actual life could depend on you listening and hearing somebody, what they're saying, what they're not saying, um, what their actions are doing. So you have to be really good at paying attention to people and reading people and then also talking to people and understanding where they're coming from. And I feel like that's where, you know, a lot of people get into trouble is they just uh, treat, treat everyone the same. And, and to an extent, there's, there's value to that. But I think every circumstance requires a different response. And oftentimes that response is people just want to be heard <laughs> and listened to and, mm-hmm. and truly understood. And sometimes there's just not enough time to do that. Um, or, you know, sometimes things escalate in a way that it, that's, that's not possible. But, uh, I, I think that. If I hadn't had that career first, I would have really struggled to break into some of the barriers that, that I've had it, you know, personally, just in terms of, um, yeah, it, not, you know, hiding my emotions or not seeing a spectrum of emotions or, um, I worked with a lot of, uh, a lot of people who had just been in crisis. And so kind of really seeing what that actually in real, in the real world looks like and feels like those are circumstances that I don't think a lot of people encounter. And so when they're acting, uh, those out on screen, uh, it does often come off as acting. Mm. It just is like, mm. that's, you know, you've clearly never encountered that. Mm. And you're just doing what someone would, what you, the obvious thing that you think someone would do. And so often people don't do what you would assume they would do in certain situations. Mm.
0: So it's the, it brings an authenticity to the performance. If you have actually seen it in once again, I, I hate saying the real world cause it makes acting sound like not the real world, but you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, yeah. And I mean, obviously you can't see everything. Like, and I certainly would encourage people to go out and, you know, if you're, if you're, uh, playing an addict, I certainly wouldn't say, hey, let's go out and, um, become addicted to something. You know, that's, there is, there is yeah. a way in which you have to, you know, balance it out for sure. But I think that yeah, for me, having that experience was really valuable. And there are certainly other ways that, uh, someone can gain experience that is less invasive and, um, and just as, as helpful.
0: Um, uh, oh, 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 a weird, uh, sharp right here, but I would love to talk about uh, Ant Man and the Wasp: Quantum Mania because you've been, uh, as we talked about, on some very big shows. Uh, how different was the experience entering the behemoth that is the MCU and being on on that set compared to your previous experience of of, of being on big shows?
1: It's so funny because uh, just personality wise, um, it was pre- it was so laid back. That it, it didn't feel as grandiose and, and, um, I don't know, as, as, as huge as I feel like it really was. And even the set too, Twisters, you know, we have, uh, an amazing cast, massive budget, all those things. And, and I'm still just like, oh, you know, it kind of almost feels like a laid back indie film. We're all hanging out. We're chatting. We're enjoying each other's company. And then you, you know, you kind of remember that you've got, um, a thousand crew members instead of like a hundred, you know, or 200. Um, and they're all building these massive, unbelievably uh realistic gorgeous sets and uh the lighting is like i mean you know in an indie film you might get like some small leds or something or or uh one bulb or or whatever and and on these you have just these colossus lighting systems that they can just move around as they please and you can do a new setup in like 30 minutes to 45 minutes so there are a lot of things that i think like luxury wise you definitely get um but the cool thing uh being on those sets, at least for me that I, that I got to experience was for the most part, the ego was really low. And I think part of that was mm-hmm. just like, everyone's like, okay, we're kind of where we want to be. And, and I don't feel like anybody had felt like the, they had to prove anything. I didn't feel like anyone felt super insecure. And so it, it allowed for, uh, you know, artistic expression and it allowed for people to be comfortable and uh, vulnerable and, and do what they wanted to do and needed to do to perform.
0: And then, at some point, uh, to use Twisters as, a, as an example, this is set in the Twister universe—a a new, a, a new addition to uh, that wonderful. Uh, I'm writing the Yann uh film. Um, I mean, did you watch that before you did this? Had you watched it as a kid, or uh, did you watch it as research?
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm from the Midwest, so that was like a movie that we watched all the time. Yeah, we had oh we had tornadoes. We um, we. I don't want to say we love them. Obviously they're super destructive, but we're all kind of like a little bit fascinated by them because it's, it's something that every Friday we have a siren that says, Hey, you know, we're, we're preparing you for something that could happen at any moment. And then in school we had tornado uh drills where we're you know, getting away from the windows and covering our heads, all that kind of thing. So it's definitely like a reality for us, but that movie kind of made it seem a little more tangible, a little more, uh in a weird way, uh, survivable. Um but yeah, that that's a huge movie in the Midwest, at least in, in the U.S. I don't know elsewhere how how it uh, played out, but we
0: love yeah. it. It was, it was it was it was big here uh, as well. Uh, we we don't have to, well, if we have a tornado, it's like a tiny little thing in a village. But because we don't get them at all, it still makes the news. It's like a mini tornado gets like oh, there was a, a tornado in, in a shopping precinct, and people yeah. go Ooh, oh
1: yeah like that
0: um oh, that's exciting that's exciting hey um we're going to the cinema soon but I, I i a because i got the title wrong and b because i do want to <laughs> talk about this love lies bleeding um it is it sounds exciting uh a24 are, uh, are literally the biggest role of their lives around right now a great uh company i mean everything everywhere all at once just amazing and, and got the oscars that uh you know i'm sure will help them in the future so this is this is a uh, from A twenty four, tell me a little bit about it. All I know really is it's set in the world of bodybuilding, which I, I know is something you were close to previously uh, in your life.
1: Yeah, yeah. I so I actually got the breakdown of this movie from a fan. They sent it to me. It was uh and it was a gay bodybuilding movie. Uh Kristen Stewart is is leading there looking for a co-lead female bodybuilder, um, you know, certain age range, whatever. And I was like, why did I not get this from anyone else. So I, I was like, this is my part period. It's the first time, even just from the breakdown where I'm like, no one else can do this part. Um, and so I made a, <laughs> um, a PowerPoint and I put like my old bodybuilding pictures when I competed on there, I put like my experience, all of that. Um, and I sent it to my team and I said, if you don't get me an audition, I am going to riot. And it's, you know, an empty threat because, like, what am I going to do? Like, go to the agency and, like, I don't know, hold up a picket sign or something, you know. Uh, but they they got it. I, I really wanted the audition, right? So uh, next thing I know, I I get a little message in the inbox. Like, I got an audition for this. And then um, I don't know if it's because, like, you know, I wasn't a name or I hadn't done anything, you know, very dramatic, very serious before or what. But I had to do, like, six auditions. Um, and. Wow. It was like audition, callback, chemistry. They had me um, read with an acting coach. They had me come back for an audition and then another audition. And finally, the last one, I was like, look, I if there's something different I have to be doing, you have to let me know because I just, I i otherwise don't know. Are, are, do you have anyone else that you're looking at? Like, I'm the only one here. I'm like, mm-hmm. it, it's either me or you got to start all over again because you've seen what I can do. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and they were like, no, I mean, we we really want you for the part. We're just like, I don't, I don't know what it was, but, um, so then I finally got, got it and I got the script and and I'm looking at it and I was terrified to do it because it is, it is emotionally, uh, it's emotionally challenging. It's thematically challenging. Um, it is, you know, it it is also, it's an A24 movie as well. So it, it has that, that indie vibe that, um, it's so new, so different. And I was immediately in love with it too. So I was just like, okay, I'm terrified of this, but I have to take it. Um, it is essentially a story about, uh, a bodybuilder from the Midwest who goes in, uh, into a small town on her way to pursue her dreams and, uh, winds up meeting this character played by Kristen Stewart. They fall in love and then, um, certain things happen that, uh, cause chaos and calamity and, I think that's all I'm allowed to say right now, but I'm really, really excited for it. Uh, I think I just did photo approvals. I think it should come out sometime this year. <laughs> I don't
0: know. Yeah, I, I rolled the dice at the start. I was like, it's due out later this year because it's it's been finished for a while, I think. So uh, yeah, so yeah, that's that's so exciting. I mean, uh, a bodybuilder, the midwear. I mean, it's crazy that like I can see why you fought for the role because if you hadn't got that role, it would be like that's insane. I lived that Uh, life.
1: I would literally have been furious if they found, like, another actress, especially one that, like, maybe hadn't body, you know, and and was, like, kind of tiny and whatever. I would have been so mad.
0: (laughs) The the accent was kind of off, like, it wasn't right. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah, of course, of course. And, I mean, Kristen Stewart, she strikes me as someone who only does projects these days, really, that she's very, very passionate about. So it must have been exciting to work with her on this.
1: Yeah, it was great. I mean, even, like (laughs) – I, I'm very happy that she even agreed to work with me. Cause I think, you know, uh, part of the chemistry reads was like getting her okay. And I think the first thing that I told her was that, uh, cause I just kind of saw her sitting alone in the corner and I was like, you know what, I'm just going to go up and chat with her real quick and um, hopefully you know not bothering her. And I think the first thing I told her was, well, I had, you know, a short drive in, which is great, but my car smells like cat pee because my cat keeps peeing in it. <laughs> and she was like, Really? I'm like, yeah, it's just most awful. There's nothing I can do. You know, That was like one of our first conversations. And, uh, I don't know if that helped or hurt, but, but I got the part. So. but yeah, she was super chill. And yeah, I think, like you said, I think it's just, she has that, um, the opportunity to just do what she wants now, um, be mm-hmm. and be really selective. And I think she's also starting to, to write and produce and direct her own projects as well. So she's, uh, Kind of following the lines of a lot of a lot of people who are, I think, kind of over the um, like the IP dinosaurs and just kind of want to do more indie art.
0: Yeah, things that you know, perhaps hypothetically, aren't so much led by spectacle and are led by character. that's, that's maybe that's a way, a one way of saying it. Do you know what I mean? Though you're not being chased by T Rex yeah. in, in high heels. Exactly. Right, right, yeah. Uh, so, uh, so that's great. Uh, I look forward to that. I, I, I look forward to seeing it. Hey, listen, Katie, I'm very excited about this. <laughs> we uh, ended talking about a movie, and now we're about to enter another dimension—a dimension of pure film, where our virtual cinema awaits for the perfect night out at the pictures. You are our guide. We are your audience. Let's go on a trip to the movies so we push open the door to our temple of film and find ourselves in the foyer oh there's an excited buzz as there always is in a cinema foyer the hum of anticipation katie it's your perfect cinema trip who have you picked living or dead to go with you
1: (laughs) i will always and forever pick my wife and that might not be the most interesting answer ever but i I always felt like I was walking a lonely path in this world forever and ever and that I would just be alone forever. Um, and then I ran into the weirdest person I've ever met. <laughs> and um, <laughs> now every single experience without her feels a little less, uh, less interesting or less fantastic. So it's going to be her through and through.
0: That's amazing. I, can I ask what your wife's name is in case I, I want to mention her again so I don't always call her your wife?
1: Yeah, Kylie.
0: Kylie. Oh, that's lovely. Um, so are you uh, are you simpatico when it comes to movies or do you like different things? Are you always going to agree on the film or do you have different genres that are your personal favorite?
1: <laughs> we don't always agree, but we often do. Um, she wants to watch more horror films, but is very afraid. I love horror. Uh absolutely love horror. And I think she has a little bit more tolerance for abstract than, than I sometimes do.
0: Okay. Okay. So are you, are you, are you winning her over into the, the horror genre? Are you breaking her in gently with some like less shocking horror before you go in for now, this is the exorcist or the Blair witch.
1: <laughs> I um, a little bit. Yeah. I, uh, you know, there, there's something called the Hollywood cemetery and they, they put on outdoor films. And so we've seen some, you know, the, the exorcist was there. Poltergeist was there. So some of the older ones are a little easier to break into Rosemary's baby. Um, Omen, and then uh, we kind of took a little jump and and watched uh, Black Phone recently, and it scared cool. her to death, but she absolutely loved it. So I think when there's substance to horror, she's happy.
0: Well, it sounds it, it sounds like you've done it. If you've shown her a more if you've shown Kylie a modern horror. And and she's got that buzz from it. Yeah, that's great. It means I think you've you've broken the seal, and now she's probably going to be a horror junkie because once you get into, <laughs> it, as you know, it's a genre you love.
1: I uh, yeah, I think it's always. Um, and we watched The Haunting on Hill House and had to sleep with the lights on for a week. So I, I think there's still some room to grow here, but yeah, yeah.
0: That is uh, Mike Flanagan. Yes, that is absolutely terrifying it's yeah. so good though the jump scares the jump scare uh, a bit of a spoiler if no one's seen it the jump scare in the car in like i think maybe like one of the last episodes that must have scared kylie to death cuz i'm a horror fan <laughs> that scared the shit out of me
1: i watched it with my best friend first um mm-hmm. <laughs> we're sitting there and you know he's he's just like you know kind of we're listening to the argument whatever and we're like huh. and then suddenly that happens and i jumped off the ba- i was like <laughs> Uh uh-uh. uh <laughs> We had to pause for a second. And then like the bit neck lady reveal, all of that. It was such a beautiful piece. And then his next one, Bly Manor Uh, you know, for me that was more of a more of a love story. But I, I just loved how, how he incorporated that in horror too. So I, I really think that yeah, my plan again's got a really interesting eye for it. Uh
0: fantastic. Well, you are taking Kylie, your wife, yeah. with you. Now, yes. there is a clock on the wall in the foyer. It reads a specific time. What time of day are you going to the cinema?
1: It is about 12.30, just after brunch on Sunday. We've had one too many Bellini's can't drive home yet, but are totally happy (laughs) to watch a movie.
0: (laughs) Oh, that sounds perfect. Just that (laughs) nice little bit of tipsiness where you're like, where you're, you're not so drunk, you're struggling to follow the film. That's way too much. But like, you're just like, it, it, You feel even more immersed. Your real senses are sort of slightly subdued and you're properly immersed in a film.
1: Yeah, we're going to enjoy it no matter what it is, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) I like that. Um, You've booked the tickets for the trip. So where are we going to be sitting in the auditorium?
1: We always try to go um, about halfway uh, in the middle. And then I like to be a little bit stage right. I don't know why. I think maybe my head tilts a weird way or something, but I always like that just to be slightly angled, you know.
0: Halfway up in the middle. Um, this is this is a standard question that I ask, and I ask it for personal reasons, which I'm happy to disclose. I have to sit on the aisle because movies are quite long. You mm-hmm. know? there seems to be a fashion for like, how close can we get to three hours without crossing that three hour threshold? Um, so I, I, I often find that I don't like to have to ask people to move when I want to go to the bathroom. This is not an issue for you. You You're A, happy to like, uh, you know, you don't need the toilet. And B, you don't mind asking people to move if you do. I feel that you had one Bellini too many.
1: Yeah. I mean, if it's, if it is a three hour, two and a half hour movie, something like that, I probably won't drink anything. Like I might sip some water, but yeah, I'm not trying to go to the bathroom during the movie. But I would say once we get into these longer movies, I would be fully happy for people to bring intermission back. Because it starting to get kind of ridiculous? Couldn't
0: agree more. This, I, I honestly, I mean, the argument against it is that when people come back, it's like it's the start of the movie all, of, all over again. You know, like people need ten minutes to settle down, where, where yeah. they stop rustling stuff and what uh, is this the right movie? And, and, and apparently, you know, the intermission that can happen all over again. But I mean, I, I take that so I don't have to go. Excuse me, I need to go to the bathroom to twenty-seven people.
1: It's worked for plays for like thousands of years. So I feel like we could <laughs> we could do it, yeah. but you know.
0: That's, I've, not, I've not heard that evidence before. It's worked <laughs> for plays for thousands of years. Brilliant. I mean, literally. How much more evidence, historical evidence do you need than a thousand years? Uh, right. The last thing we need before we leave the foyer and take our walk towards the auditorium The air is full of wonderful smells. All manner of snacks and foodstuffs are available. What are you choosing to eat?
1: So I used to work at a movie theater, and I will say, they sometimes leave those hot dogs on way too long. That cheese packet for your nachos has been, some high schooler has been scooping your jalapenos for your nachos into this little cubby. And So I now they make the popcorn in front of you. We used to make it up in like, in the attic and then put it in trash bags, basically, and bring it down. And so there's a lot of stuff I don't want to deal with at a movie theater, honestly. Um, since they make the popcorn this in front is of you incredible. now.
0: incredible. Cool.
1: I know, I know. Yeah. I mean, popcorn- we've never
0: had the curtain pulled back like this on the yeah. show before. I, is, you're the first person who's ever actually seen behind the curtain for these yeah. these, these, these famous cinema snacks.
1: Yeah. I'm like, yo, the hot dogs have been, they're like kind of melting on the the heater. Should we change them? And they're like, I guess maybe it's time, you know, (laughs) there's no, I, at least when I was there and it's been maybe about, you know, a couple 20 years or so, uh, there were a lot of people coming to check (laughs) on us to make sure we were, I don't, I didn't even have to get a food handling certificate or anything. (laughs) So, um, so now (laughs) I'm a little like, I don't know. Uh, So if I forget to sneak something in (laughs) like Flamin' Hot Cheetos or something, um, I will go for popcorn if it's being made in front of me. And then like, you know, maybe a water or like a Coke Zero or something because it's like 10,000 calories for the popcorn. Oh, and I just, I I also like, I feel like that's a great snack because I'm really self-conscious, but I don't love loud noises near me. Like if someone's chewing really loud or something. So if like, I would love to do like a, like a kettle chip or something, but I can't because I all I will think about is how loud I'm chewing the chip. So and like I'm probably bothering the whole theater. It's crazy.
0: But I I also did appreciate uh, the uh, the the sneaking in of food. Uh, it's it's a weird thing. I think that it's a gray area with uh, with cinemas where it's like, are you allowed to bring your own food or not? No one's really sure. But flaming hot Cheetos sneaked in. Yeah. That's a great snack.
1: So great with lime. It's like that's what I got to do.
0: Oh. Yeah. All right. All right. I'm going to, so you're having some salt. So what are you having on the popcorn? Um, I don't know what the, the options in America don't seem to be the same as here. You have butter. We have sweet and salted. Is it, what are you taking? What are you having on your popcorn?
1: Yeah. Usually it comes plenty buttered and plenty salted for me. I, I don't need anything else added to it. I know we also, we get caramel corn as an option sometimes and it's so good. But I just can't, it's so bad for you. So if it's like a, a maybe like, like if I'm sharing a small one with like a bunch of people, I might go there, but otherwise it's just like, I just can't do it to my body anymore. <laughs> but um, yeah, <laughs> I, I just take it as it is. I don't want add anything to it. Uh, sometimes they sell those like little salt shaker packs that have like a ranch flavoring or a queso flavoring or, um, there's like barbecue flavoring. It's like these little tiny salt things that they that they give you. But yeah, I'm good.
0: Just buttery popcorn then. I love it. This is great. Well, it, it sounds like we've got all the snacks we need. Let's leave the foyer and make our way towards the auditorium. So we push open the doors. Now the corridor that we're walking down, it's very bare. So what I want to do is put up some posters that represent some of your favorite movie memories or most important movie memories. Uh, the first poster we're going to put up depicts your fondest movie memory. What's your fondest movie memory?
1: You know, um, I, this might en- encapsulate a little of it because I'm thinking like movie, like fondest movie memories would be, you know, back when I was really little and we would go to drive-in movie theaters and stuff. I just thought that was that was so cool and such a a fun, different, and very special for us way to enjoy a movie. So. Then I can kind of see like, um, like Greece, a movie poster of Greece, them watching this drive-in movie at a drive-in theater. Um, or yeah, I think wasn't it wasn't like the blob or something where they were there too. So any of those oh, would be great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah
0: that's cool yeah we don't really have the driving experience here so now i often get confused because americana like we i i I love now do driving theaters have the the waiting staff who actually come to the window of your car to serve drinks or is that just some driving diners
1: it depends on where you go right um so yeah yeah it's very different so um we recently did one on the top of a, a parking garage and they had the staff that came to you. That was really cool. Um, there, some of the other ones you kind of have to go, there's a little more, uh, like a convenience stand kind of area that you have to go to. So it really depends. I obviously, I think it's great when they come up to you cause I'm lazy, but
0: I mean, again, I, I get confused between what is reality and what is film story of my life, but I think I've seen them on roller skates where they roller skate between the cars. This may just be in a film. Uh, and not a real thing, but I've always imagined, never been to one, but I've always imagined going to a drive-in and have someone roll a skate up to me and go, what can I get you? I, that would be my dream.
1: Yeah, they used to do that. And I'm sure there are some places that still do. And I think if they were to start oh. that back up today, oh. it would be super popular. So.
0: Oh, all right. So uh, what should we put up uh, a poster? I'm kind of interested in putting up a poster for the blob. We could do Grease. Which, which would you like to represent your fondest movie memory? Grease or the blob?
1: I do like, I mean, for when we're thinking of that I do like the blob because I love going through even a theater house, opera house, whatever, and seeing some of the older movie posters up. It's there's a really fun blob, blob vibe to that. And and even especially ones I've never heard of, probably never will see again. like The Mystery Science Theater 2000 B movies
0: everywhere so we're talking the steve mcqueen original blob not the the reversion they did in the i think the 80s or 90s where it's like it's a lot scarier it's not as funny and weird
1: oh yeah i haven't seen that one (laughs) yeah yeah
0: steve mcqueen blob poster (laughs) is going up right let's continue down the corridor the second poster depicts your worst memory of cinema of movies a bad experience that you had with film.
1: I mean I would I would generally think that it would be because I love horror so much and that seems to be where a lot of kids like to sneak in and uh be really annoying that it would be that but there's also um and I'm sorry if anyone loves this movie it was just I watched it a little young and I was like I just don't get it and it, I watched Holy Mountain, with a group of friends. And it was almost kind of like we all felt like we had to watch it. And it was one of the few times where I felt like a movie was happening to me. And I wasn't like, I I didn't want to be there and I was just waiting it out. So I think think Holy Mountain would be the movie that I I don't want to see up there again what is there.
0: Okay, so you're going to have to you're going to have to handhold me on this journey. Holy mountain. I don't I don't know. I certainly haven't seen what 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 is it what's it about and why did why did it why was it a bad experience cuz it was happening to
1: you? Well, it what is it about is a really interesting question. Um I think it didn't know what it wanted to be about and <laughs> and I think also I we watched a little behind the scenes at some point a lot of them were just on acid and just doing things. Um but what I recall was this man walking around the street. I can't remember if it was Italian or, uh, or Spanish, but either way, walking around the street and someone seemed to think that he resembled Jesus or something. He falls into some pit with a bunch of, uh, bread replicas of him. And then they kind of like, they kind of like hurdle him to a certain area and, and then hurdle's not the right word, but whatever, corral. Um, and then, he starts pooping, and then they turn it into gold. It's just like if you want to see a weird movie, and like I said, a movie that just kind of feels like it's happening to you, <laughs> as opposed uh-huh. to you being an active participant.
0: Oh my god, that's I, I I I is it is it weird that I want to see it now? I mean, that's insane.
1: Yeah, no, no, it's it's uh, it, it is wild, and it's been it's been quite like at least twenty years since I've seen it, so I'm sure it's possible i could watch it now and be like this is brilliant and beautiful um but as like a high schooler early high school i was like i just don't know what's going on and i and i'm not afraid but confused but yeah so it's a spanish film 1973 the holy mountain um alejandro uh oh jodowarski the guy who
0: was yeah who's gonna do june okay uh, right i've got it that's yep yeah, it's it's on the list if only based on uh bread replicas of himself and he poops things it's, that turn into gold i mean just wow
1: it is very very bizarre and uh, you know what i'll watch it again and and maybe it, i'll have a different
0: opinion okay okay well that's good i like that you're keeping an open mind it was a long time ago but for the moment i'm putting up a poster of the holy mountain is your worst movie memory time specific <laughs> Right, third poster, a penultimate poster depicts the last performance that brought you to tears.
1: That's pretty easy. Uh The Whale, Brendan Fraser. After the movie finished, my wife and I just we didn't we couldn't talk to each other for about 30 minutes. We just were like crying and just like sitting and crying and we we couldn't even really put a pin on what what was making us cry either. We just couldn't stop. Um, but I think he did such a beautiful job. And I think that, um, you know, it's a lot of people really focused, I think, on like, uh, the obesity aspect of it, which, you know, I understand there's controversy with that too. But, but for me, it was just like, you know, kind of knowing people in general that, um, that have just, they don't really want to live anymore um They've kind of experienced all they they feel they need to experience and might have some last little things that they want to check off but but just being kind of like content to die and that is just like such a very uh heartbreaking and and sad thing to witness, but also you know i I feel like I know people like that or I've known people like that and the, and the human in us wants to save that person or or to to tell them that you know there's something here for you still, and for them to still look at. Their life and and maybe even have accomplished all the things they wanted and, and to still say no is just so sad. Yeah,
0: I mean it uh, uh, an incredible performance from uh, Brendan Fraser as as well. Uh, uh, you know, and I, I think I think if you were to take uh, the element of the off screen story away, it would still stand up mm-hmm. in terms of the themes you were talking about and the performance on its own. But I, I, perhaps I, I would suggest that they the, uh, the off screen story of the narrative of him. You know, having gone through his own uh, issues, his own uh, uh, demons, uh, and to come back and play that role and to achieve as much as he did with that role is is kind of special. It kind of adds just a a a little soupçon of something else to the story.
1: Yeah, you you almost wonder, kind of think, you know, uh, a lot of times things happen to us at the right times in our lives, and it's like would, would he have been able to play that 20 years ago around the time of the mummy? Maybe not. It it sometimes is like that life experience that maybe he would have turned a role like that down and and suddenly related to it. So I just, I, yeah, I, I agree. I think that he, he went through a lot in these last few years and I, I haven't, um, you know, I haven't like Googled anything. I just know that like he, he says that he's, he's been through some stuff. Right. Um, and I, that, that real world experience, you could just see it. I mean, it was whatever it was that he was able to take and put into that character just added so much humanity and made it so beautiful and, and um, made the experience so real and visceral. And um, yeah, I mean, obviously he won, he, he won the Oscar for it and I didn't think it was well-deserved.
0: Hmm. Brilliant. We're putting up a poster for the whale. Now the final poster we're going to put up before we leave the corridor and enter the auditorium depicts your unpopular
1: movie opinion. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I feel like, I don't know if this is unpopular enough. I don't get 3 um, <laughs> I do not I don't, I don't know. I watch, if I watch a movie with 3D, I'm like, I don't see much of a difference. I don't know. So, it, for me, it's like, I'm just going to go 2D all the way. Uh, like, I saw, um, I even saw Ant Man in 3D, and I just, I don't feel like I saw much of it.
0: It's it Ant-, 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 Ant Man, uh, uh, Quantum Mania, Ant Man and the Wasp, Quantumania. Did you saw that in three D?
1: Yeah, my friends made me go. I I didn't. I I hate watching myself. Um, and as a matter of fact, I would almost say that my worst movie experience is having to watch myself on screen. Uh, and <laughs> my friends literally like blew out to LA and like bought me a ticket and we're like, you're coming to watch this with us. So I, yeah, I sat through it in 3D and like, as my scenes were coming up I'm just, I'm shaking and I'm like, Ugh. <laughs> like I don't want to be here.
0: <laughs> um, really? Right, yeah. you Really didn't want to be there that much.
1: No, I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. The second I heard my voice, I was like, I'm just going to look away and wait until it's over. <laughs> I just didn't want to. Yeah.
0: Cause it, it seems to be uh there's a real split in terms of, um, uh, performers actors wanting to watch their work because they get to see things that they will then go i'm not going to do that again in my next uh, role you know little aspects of the performance that they go ah you should i shouldn't do that and there are people who just never watch and i guess trust their judgment on each new project and, and believe they're learning you know as they go on from role to role so you're very much in the I don't want to watch even even as a, a research exercise
1: it's but yeah I mean part of the issue is I will I, I'm like I'll do I, I would have done everything differently like this is terrible you know um so I feel right. like I'm overcritical in a way but I do I want to always watch it because I want to support the crew I want to support um you know the filmmakers and and the other actors and everything and and, and then also be able to be informed and talk about the movie and be like yeah okay this is some of the differences or whatever from from filming to to post and all of that, but yeah, when it comes to to seeing myself, I feel like I'll watch it once and then I'm good. I don't need to watch it again.
0: Yeah, I got yeah, I know I, I can understand that. It's it, it. I think anyone who's ever heard their own voice, it like it must. gone, do I sound like that? The first time you hear your own voice, it's like it must be like that times a million. Um, yeah. but surely, uh, surely your big fight scene looked kind of kickass in 3d when you're waving the staff around that must have been at least you know quite a moment to experience in 3d
1: it's so i just i don't see a different i don't know like i don't know if my eyes or my brain is broken or what but i'm like okay i just don't like there's not much of a difference to me but but i also whenever i look at that i again i look at all the flaws or i look at okay it was supposed to be one shot and then they broke up into lots of different shots so i'm kind of like i don't know i just i wanted more of the fight scenes (laughs) <laughs> I, I believe
0: they kind of sprang that on you as well like you weren't sure until the 11th hour whether you were doing that fight scene on yeah. the day which it sounds it sounds quite insane to me like that must have been like something you kind of want to know for sure when you walk onto set we're doing your big fight
1: yeah it was just not yeah it was not an ideal day it was really funny yeah my my call sheet said one thing i showed up the ad said another you know the uh base camp ad said another. so it was all like over the place as to whether or not i was doing my actual fight scene that day. And I had just flown back in from L.A. the night before. So a little dehydrated, a little, like, you know, groggy. Um, And, yeah, it was making the transition from Mandalorian to, to Ant-Man again. Um, and, yeah, you almost would have wanted, you know, another day to practice it or, or to, like, you know, review it or something before you went right into it. And I walked onto set and went up to the AD uh, for, for second unit. And I was like, are we doing the fight scene today? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like. Okay. Would (laughs) have loved to know that. So like my double had a, she had sprained her ankle. So she did one, one, uh, you know, for camera did one rep of it and then had to go to the hospital. And so then it was just me. And so we do our first take and I pull my hip muscle like my groin In the first take and then I had to have uh like all the stunt guys were so sweet they're like coming up to me with their like massage guns and they're like okay we're gonna just like massage gun you the whole time so like the whole 12-hour day I basically had two massage guns on like both sides of my legs I had uh what what I then found out was your version of like being gay or whatever because everyone's like you know you need some deep dp and I'm like some some dp <sighs> to me meaning something very different and I was like, <laughs> like, you're all very beautiful, but I, <laughs> I don't need deep heat, it. <laughs> but it's deep heat, just like you're, yeah. you're like icy hot or whatever. I was like, oh, okay, well, yeah. yeah, let's rub that on there. And I'm like ibuprofen, all that. So I'm just like, so when I watch the fight, I just kind of think, oh man, if I hadn't pulled my ankle or my uh, hip right away, that might've looked really good. <laughs> but to me, it's just all flaws.
0: <laughs> oh uh well to uh, to not you i thought it looked very fucking cool so right. uh, you know i didn't i didn't see any flaws but then i was i wasn't there i can see where you're coming from but yeah it looked badass and um, so we're putting up a poster for 3d you don't get 3d <laughs> what post is there a specific film poster you want to put up i mean avatar the way of water or, <laughs> or do you want to put ant-man quantumania that seems it seems <laughs> self-defeating it does i'm happy with your choice
1: let's well um Mm. what's a movie that is just so 2d that it could never be 3d and
0: um, one of the one of the greatest uh, bad conversions where they were doing all the conversions to 3d was uh the the clash of the titans remake
1: okay yeah great <laughs> let's
0: do that because they did it like for 20p at the last minute because avatar had done well and you it just it's 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 bad. It's a bad thing.
1: Oh uh, wow! Yeah, gosh. I didn't. I didn't see. I. You know what? I saw the the new one, but I'm such a fan of the original. Because I'm now. I'm thinking, oh, that like little metallic owl would pop in 3D. But yeah, I get you. Oh yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, now I'm trying to think of its name. I'm gonna. I, 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 that would take me too long. It's Got <laughs> a really cool name like Boobo Bu- Boobo. Oh, never mind. Uh, right then, we're putting up a poster for the Clash of the Titans okay. remake, uh, and we're through. Into the last set of doors. Now, there is a crowd of people waiting to join you and Kylie in the cinema. Do you want a busy auditorium or do you want it just the two of you? Do you want it to yourselves? It's completely oh, up to you.
1: Yeah. I mean, a scattering of people would be great.
0: All right. Well, yeah. we'll let in a handful. Okay. Uh, and those, those members of the, the, the queue, they go wild. Everyone else, they understand. You don't want it too busy. They're off, They're off to eat some of those tasty cinema hot dogs. Yes. Right then. <laughs> Uh, there's, a f- there's a few things we need to play on the screen before we announce the movie you've picked for us tonight. First is the trailer for the film you are most looking forward to seeing at the cinema. What are you
1: looking forward Ooh. to seeing? So uh, coming most recently, I think, would be Oppenheimer. Um, oh, And then, yeah, I'm also looking forward to Killers of the Flower Moon. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, but I'll say Oppenheimer for now, Oppenheimer.
0: Yeah, we're playing the trailer for Oppenheimer. It looks great, doesn't it? I mean, exciting. I mean, he's never done a biopic before it's like new territory for nolan what's what's he going mm. to do how is he going to play with time how is he going to make us go i don't don't understand the narrative and yet it's genius brilliant okay we'll play the trailer for oppenheimer uh, right then next up we're going to play the movie moment on the big screen that makes you literally or metaphorically pump your fist in the air
1: yeah Gonna be two towers, Lord of the Rings. Uh, we've got the Ents taking over Isengard, straight into Hell's Deep. Like just two, my favorite moments of all time. Uh,
0: I, I again, uh, much like we were talking about earlier. Um, Uh, you're playing to a partisan crowd (laughs) to me the minute that wall explodes at Helm's Deep where the guy finally gets through Legolas's arrows and he's carrying the bomb and it's like take him down take him down and he doesn't and then the wall explodes in slow motion best moment in the entire trilogy
1: it's great it's great yeah I I still get like I don't know I get so hyped when the are finally like let's just rage and just picking stuff up crash and smash (laughs) Throwing people down, filling the giant, massive hole. That's it for me. But I totally get it. It's yeah. That's that is uh, the the second movie to me is just like it's it's chef kiss Mm. the whole time.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's and sort of watching what some of the ents are doing in the background, like the ent
1: that gets burnt,
0: catches fire, he puts his head out in the river. It's like all these cool moments going on. Yeah. Okay. Great. We'll play the ents battle into Helm's Deep. From The Two Towers. Okay. Next up, we're going to play what you consider cinema's most shocking moment.
1: It's so funny. I feel like it's always when a mask comes off. It When I when I was young, I did like a monster movie class, monster drawing class. And it was when uh, The Phantom of the Opera was revealed. The 1920 Cheney Phantom of the Opera. I thought that was epic. And then I saw Silence of the Lambs. And when Anthony Hopkins sheds that guy's face... After he escapes from prison, I, to me, I was like that. <laughs> I, I, I don't think that's been topped yet for me.
0: That's great. So you, you, you did you say you drew monsters? Yeah. as a kid?
1: yeah. It's a little bit of both, right? So it was. Uh, it, I think we focused mostly on classic horror monsters. I think because it was an elementary school class, so it was like kids, and that's what we could probably tolerate at the at, at that age. So we had Frankenstein, we had uh, Dracula, we had. And the opera we had Wolfman, and then uh yeah we would draw them and then we eventually got to create our own monsters and I, I found some of my old pictures from from back then recently sent them to kylie and she's like what is wrong with you <laughs> they were pretty <laughs> pretty bad but pretty good
0: <laughs> this is the softly softly approach to get your wife to in, ex, like enjoy the horror yeah. genre you're showing her, chi- her child's drawings your yes. drawings of monsters
1: yeah, look, even a kid can do it. It's fine. It's a long game.
0: Yeah, Lon Chaney's makeup in um, in Phantom of the Opera. I mean, I think I, I'm right in saying he like invented a lot of these techniques because they didn't have, uh, you know, uh, professional sort of prosthetic makeup, artist makeup and visual effects artists who, who do this now, you know, professionally. So a lot of that was him experimenting and creating like the actor himself, creating all these um this look for himself, which is kind of yeah. amazing when you think about it.
1: Yeah. And things that, like, some I'm sure were brought over and, and are, are used or were used for a long time, but some that only he and his pure dedication to the craft, whatever. Like, yeah, he used fish hooks up into his nose for mm-hmm. the Phantom of the Opera. And then um, I think it was for Hunchback of Notre Dame, He uh, he had he tied his legs in a way that was so strange. And then he was doing a roof jump and he shattered his kneecaps. So you know they're built different back then.
0: <laughs> I mean one of the skills one of the skills you've had for a long time is obviously uh, uh, your martial arts. you've mm-hmm. been doing that since you were very young. um and you get you get to use that in in films i I imagine you've had yeah. you've used some of that skill in the fight scenes that you've performed.
1: Yes, yes, luckily, I haven't had to do anything as drastic as that, but yeah, I any anytime kind of takes you know a stunt coordinator, um uh, the fight coordinator. Uh, and the director, anytime they're willing to let me do my own fight scenes, um, and my double as well, uh, I, I like to do them. And I, I always put the caveat down that, you know, if it looks terrible, I don't have an ego about it. Don't let me do it. Like I, for the, for the purposes of the film, I want it to look good. But if, if me doing it looks good, it's safe and you're happy with it, then I'd like to do it. And, um, yeah, they usually let me do it. And then I also like to have uh, you know, at least the white or something for my double, so they get, you know, they don't
0: get, they get something for their real, or they get, you know, that's nice. I, I that's, that's that's very, it's a, a very generous. But also, what made you take up karate in the first place? Was there was there a reason that like lured you in? I I tried taekwondo as a kid, and I just I I didn't like it. I just was like, yeah, no, it's, not, it's not my it's not my scene. What was it that you um you kind of enjoyed about? It? What made you take it up?
1: Well, I was uh, I mean, there are a lot of like I was bullied when I was in uh, kindergarten. And it was this silly situation where I was just completely bamboozled. Like I, uh, this boy that I was hanging out with, um, I was hanging out with a different boy at one point, And so he said, I dumped him and I didn't know what that meant because I'm like five, you know, what do I know? So I'm like, yeah, in the dumpster, haha, ha, that's hilarious. I I never even heard the term. So he kind of like put his older brothers on me, and um, and his brothers' gang. They're like a gang of fifth graders, and they would like harass me at recess every day. And uh, finally, I broke down. I told my dad, and like um, and my parents, and uh, eventually, they just they signed me up for karate. And my dad's always been um an athlete, so that's kind of how he's bonded with us. Like he worked all the time. And then when he had some time he would, he would do any kind of sport with us, coach, our sport, little league, whatever. So he joined karate with my brother and me as well. And um, you know, on that note, I also I have three older brothers. And so like I just had to learn to defend myself. It was it was for survival. So uh yeah, we started training and and it just became kind of a family activity and um you know, we do tournaments and things like that and, and had a lot of fun as a kid and uh took a short break where I did other sports, but I think martial arts was always the one that I just kind of like kept being drawn back to. And, um, I got seriously into it in college, um, through our, our self-defense hop keto program and, um, just continued on since then. And, uh,
0: yeah, I love it. Oh, it's fantastic. It's fantastic. I mean, it's great. And the, the commitment to uh, to carry it on and, you know, for it to then become useful in, uh, in your job now. Uh, okay, so, wow, uh, we've got two things left to do before you announce the movie. First of all is play through the Dolby Atmos speakers, the piece of dialogue or line from a movie that's affected you most.
1: I, you know, I, I think, like I was saying, like, everything is just kind of about timing, right? You know, something that meant so much to me years ago, might not right now, but I'd be remiss if I didn't bring up Bardo, um, is like, more recent uh, movie, and it, it just kind of hit me at that weird time. I watched it after it came out, and, and it was after I, had, um, after I had done the release for Ant-Man, and I had Mandalorian coming out, and I, you know, just fully finished Love, Lies, Bleeding, and all of these things were happening at once. And I still kind of just like felt like like a bit of like a fraud. And at the same time, like all these things happened, but nothing's happening. And it was just this weird part of my career. And then I watched Bardo and see that, you know, even someone – um someone of his level probably still, at least is what kind of like what I was feeling in the movie kind of has that sense of like, what is this all? <laughs> what is it? What's going on? What's happening? Where am I? Where do I fit in? Where do I belong? And he had this, um this beautiful quote where the lead character is talking to his deceased father in kind of this um this surreal moment and said, take a swig of success, switch it around and spit it out. Otherwise it will poison you. And I loved that quote because it's like, Enjoy it now. Um, just enjoy it. Don't think too much about it. Spit it out. Leave it alone. Move on. Because if you just sit there thinking about, oh, I have to be more and more successful, it's just going to eat away at you. And if you think about, well, I'm not successful enough, that's going to eat away. Or if you think uh, I'm so successful now that no one can touch me, that's going to poison you. So it's just not even. Just enjoy it in the moment. Leave it. Move on. And I just loved that, and it kind of made me feel a little bit more at peace with just like not knowing what. <laughs> my lifeless
0: take a swig of success then spit it out because it will poison you that's fantastic okay our penultimate thing we're going to play to echo around the auditorium is the best use of music in a movie
1: yeah i'm going to do the kung fu hustle opening soundtrack uh <laughs> i'm obsessed with that movie uh i love so much about that i i it was the first movie that i bought the soundtrack halfway through the film I just kind of like, I watched it at home for the first time, um, not in theaters, pause the movie, pause the soundtrack. Um, I love like kind of making, making fun of, but also doing such a beautiful job of, of adding like the the gang, you know, the, the mafia-esque gang era into a Chinese martial arts film with a little bit of jazz uh, to it, which was like a huge kind of like pulling from, uh, from Western culture. And, 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 Then when they incorporated music as literal elements of fighting, I just, I think that movie was brilliant. I think it was genius.
0: So I I, I grew up watching a lot of Jackie Chan. um, Mm -hmm. And and so I've always liked my martial arts to come with um, comedy. Now, obviously Kung Fu Hustle, uh, Jackie Chan does it for real, all of it for real, which is why it's so fucking amazing. Um, Whereas Kung Fu Hustle, I seem to remember, I haven't seen it for years, a lot of special effects. It's like the comedy comes from, there's a lot of effects work in it. Is yeah. that
1: right? Yeah. I almost, I, I thought that was kind of intentional. Like it is yes, kind of making fun of it a bit too, but yeah, yeah. There's a lot of wire work, very bad wire work and um, <laughs> silliness uh, for sure. But what, yeah, one thing I do love about Jackie Chan and, and that movie kind of thematically is, is talking about like a, the rhythm behind martial arts. And, and I started working on a little article about it and, gotten kind of busy but but martial arts has always kind of had a rhythm and there's always you know even in Muay Thai you kind of pace um and that kind of distracts in a way so that then you can you can strike out of pace and it it throws people off and um Jackie Chan talks about like uh, pacing in film in in fight scenes and there is just there's a rhythm to it and if you break that rhythm it seems off um so yeah I'm I just I adore it I absolutely think it's wonderful
0: Fantastic. Right. The opening titles to Kung Fu Hustle and we are here. We've arrived. It is time for you, Katie, to announce to yourself, Kylie, and the handful of audience that we've allowed into the cinema, the movie out of all others you have picked for us to watch tonight. What are we watching, Katie?
1: We are watching Alfred Hitchcock, Rear Window, James Stewart, Grace Kelly, and we're going to enjoy watching a lead character who cannot move, spy on his neighbors, and come up with a conspiracy against them (laughs) in a really small setting. And it's just, I thought that movie was genius. I just, it, it relied so much on the chemistry of the two actors, of the writing, of their personality, what they brought to it. And it, in such a small, small setting with something that we all do every day, which is assume that our neighbors are up to no good.
0: <laughs> um, do you remember when you first saw it? Is, it? is it? Are we going back to when you were a kid and you saw this, or was this a recent addition to your movie CV? Like wh- when did you see this?
1: We saw it. It's a few years ago. Um, Carly and I were doing a Hitchcock kick uh, during the pandemic. And, um, yeah, we just that one stuck out to me for some reason. I I, I love Psycho. I thought that was great. Um, I I loved uh, Vertigo. Kind of. I think I don't know if it stands up like socially as as well nowadays. And at some point, I was like, "Oh, thing," okay, and he treats his women kind of, or he has like a weird opinion of women. You know that that movie really struck me with that. Um, but yeah, yeah this one just kind of stuck out as as uh. I feel like so many movies now are so um, they feel like they have to be doing so much to maintain an audience attention. And yet this movie did so little and I was fascinated the whole time. And I just thought like, man, it'd be really great if we could come back to like that stage simplicity in, in some, in some performances and just really rely on good writing and, and good acting and kind of, um, kind of reinvest in, in artists and performers and not just uh, feel like we have, everything has to be a grandiose spectacle. <laughs>
0: I mean you mentioned how James Stewart can't move. I I remember being very scared when um, when the neighbor enters the apartment towards the end. Yeah. Uh, I think we can we can do spoilers for movies that are over 50 years old. I think we're good. But uh it's just like the idea of being incapacitated and have a threat there that's frightening.
1: I think that works in so many horror films. I think that's why Nightmare on Elm Street was so successful too. It's just like you can't, it's it's a lot more creative of a way than, you know, having a character fall down and drag themselves too. But, but we always fear being helpless. And I, you know, I just think that uh, so oftentimes if we really think about it, we are. We're most vulnerable when we're asleep, when we're injured, when we're, you know, uh, when we're home alone. And that's when these movies become the scariest. And yeah, I it just, uh, it, it's so great. <laughs> it's just backing into his wall with his little chair.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're you absolutely right. Nightmare on Elm Street, that goddamn movie. It's like, okay, so I've watched the scariest movie I'm ever going to see as a kid. Normally, you go to sleep and you're like, oh, go to sleep, wake up in the morning, forget it. It's like, no, no, no. That's when you're going to die. Fantastic. Yeah. What, what a concept. What a premise.
1: Yeah. that's That's the movie that really got me into. Uh I think movies in general, and for a while I thought I would go into like special effects or practical effects because i just I was so fascinated with how they did the makeup or with how they did the you know the, the spandex like on a budget spandex on the wall, him just poking his face out, and it looks so real it looks like this dude's coming out at your wall, you know or the spinning room and and yeah, it just it, it is it's so wonderful, but at the same time, yeah, you are so helpless when you're asleep it's terrifying it's terrifying.
0: Oh, yeah. Well, what a movie. What a movie to screen. At the end of our journey, Alfred Hitchcock's yeah. rear window. And that's it, Katie. The curtains have closed. The guests are milling out, smiling, chatting, and thanking you for taking them on an incredible night out of the movies. Uh, but before you go, it's time for this week's mystery question. As always, we ask, what's in the box? I saw you with the box. What was in the box? Oh, what's in the box? So, okay, this is your mystery question. Uh, right, Okay. Okay. Uh there has been a groundswell of support for you to oh uh, you probably probably know where this is going. There's been a groundswell of support for you to join the last of us as yeah. the character Abby. What are your thoughts and would you like to tackle that character?
1: I would love to. <laughs> uh I've I've heard that a lot. Um but I think they're going to try to go for someone younger if I had to guess. Um my argument to that was I just played someone in their 20s and I don't look my <laughs> age, but I do not think that it will be me. But I'd love a chance if they'd let me. And
0: it must be nice to have people, um, you know, saying that, saying, oh, my God, we would love to see you in that role. That must be nice that it's it's happened organically and it's sort of it's arrived at your doorstep from you know fans of this show that they want you to become part of
1: yeah yeah it's been great it's been great i will say you know i mean obviously th- there's certain things that i'll never be able to control uh, in terms of the business there's so many roles where i'm like oh i didn't even get to see that like i didn't get to try even um and so that's always it's it's always like that's what gets me the most it's like i never even got a chance um mm. but but um the one thing i just really hope And I know that, you know, they, they have a very specific vision for for that show and everything. I just really hope that whoever they pick is a great actor and also has a lot of muscle because I don't feel like we get a lot of that representation on screen. Um, personally, I just feel like so many people shy away from women with muscle or anyone that has like any, uh, androgynous qualities, um, for mainstream stuff. And I think that show has been really, really brave in a lot of ways. So I'm hoping that, um if they go that route. But yeah, at the end of the day it's like it's gonna be a great role for somebody. It's gonna make somebody's uh hopefully someone's career.
0: Oh, well that's that's yeah, I i agree with everything you just said. But if they did ask you, it's a yes, right? Just so they know in advance. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be great. I'd love it. I would love to be in uh <laughs> two shows with Pedro and but actually like I haven't oh, I still haven't yeah. gotten to meet him. So yeah I'd love to uh to be his opposition in two shows.
0: <laughs> uh, brilliant stuff oh Katie your taxi has arrived now to ferry you back to reality but before you go let's recap your perfect night out at the cinema you are going with your wife Kylie you are going at 12 30 specifically on a Sunday just after brunch after you've had a couple of bellinis Mm-mm-mm. you're sitting halfway up In the middle, and if the movie's long or the rear window isn't that long, you 100% believe Intermission should come back as evidenced by 1,000 years of (laughs) theatre. You are choosing. You're going to sneak in past the security because it's your virtual cinema. You can sneak in what you want. Some flaming hot Cheetos. You're having some buttery popcorn and either a Coke Zero or a water. Hey, you'll decide in a moment. Your first movie poster that we're putting up depicts your fondest movie memory. And this is a poster for the blob the original steve McQueen, the blob because it celebrates the driving movie experience your next poster is your worst movie memory which is the holy mountain your third poster depicts the last performance that brought you to tears the some brendan fraser in the whale and the final poster we're putting up is for the clash of the titans remake because you do not get 3d even in your own movies then we're going to play the trailer for Oppenheimer. We're going to play a moment that makes you pump your fist in the air. It's the Ents into Helm's Deep from the Two Towers. We'll play the shockingest moment in cinema history, which is the skin mask coming off Anthony Hopkins' face in Silence of the Lambs. <laughs> the piece of dialogue is from Bardo. Take a swig of success, then spit it out, because it will poison you. Wonderful. <laughs> the use of music in a movie is from Kung Fu Hustle, the opening titles, and then we're screening Alfred Hitchcock's Rear Window, What a night, Katie. Thank you for taking us on a trip to the movies. Have you had a good time?
1: I have had a great time. Thank you. It's been great.
0: And as Katie's cab carries her away from our virtual cinema off into the distance, we must all leave her movie paradise and return to reality. But to soften the blow, how would you like a pair of tickets for a night out at a very real Odeon cinema? Each week, we give away a pair of tickets to someone who leaves us a review of the show on Apple Podcasts. It's that simple, so jump on there, give us a review, preferably a nice one, if that's okay. And if I read it out, we will send you some Odeon tickets. The competition is only open to UK residents, and the tickets exclude Odeon Leicester Square and Odeon Luxe. And just before I say my final farewell for this episode, don't forget you can find the full video for today's Katie O'Brien interview and indeed the videos for every guest on our Trip to the Movies YouTube channel. So please head over there. And as I said, help us grow the pod by subscribing. That would be lovely. Thank you very much. And that really is it. I'll be back next week when another guest fills our cinema with their celluloid dreams as they take us on a trip to the movies. Bye-bye.